This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Family. I'm your host Melanie Studley. What's up you guys? My name is Seth. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and today you do not want to miss this episode of Anatomy of Family because we have our favorite lady in the world, Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers, and she is talking all about her brand new book, Shameless Parenting. It is an amazing episode. She is an amazing human being, and you absolutely have to listen to it. And then once you listen to it, you're going to let us know how much you loved it. All right. All right. Enjoy. Bye. We are so glad that you're here. We love you to pieces and you know it. And you're the most beautiful human that we know. So thank you. A round of applause for Tina. Yay. You guys too. You guys too. Thank you. Thank you so much. So like Melanie said in the pre-stuff, we talk about you all the time uh, and push clients towards your resources. So if you could give just a brief intro who you are, what you're doing, and what's going on. That'd be great. Yeah. So I'm Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have my doctorate in clinical sexology. I um, worked as a, uh, in, uh, as a graduate marriage and family therapy um, graduate professor for about 30 years. And then I launched um, an institute training therapists and physicians and clergy in sexual health and in treating sexual dysfunction because we don't get to that stuff. Um, and uh, I do a lot of writing and speaking to professionals as well as to the lay public. I have this passion and desire, as my friend Bill Doherty would say, this um, audacious, big, hairy goal that we could get the public to a place where they feel comfortable about bodies and sexuality and see it as a good, normal part of our lives so that we're not inadvertently passing down shame Mm -hmm. to our kids. Um, it it. it just feels yucky on our insides and i Mm -hmm. i want us to see it as a good healthy wholesome part of who we are yeah absolutely and then i think we can stand up to the junk that is in our culture just so much more easily and be able to say i don't want that right and this is the stuff i do want 
Right. You know? Which so, I love. You actually mentioned that in your book. So we're just diving right in. Like uh, you have a book. It's Shameless Parenting. And it is so good. And I just finished the audio version, which I loved the audio version because I love your voice. Can I say that? <laughs> I love your voice. And so it was just like, it was like literally listening to a friend talk. <laughs> yeah. You are my friend. And so I was so jazzed. But you mentioned this idea about how you parented your children in this sort of empowering way where they did not feel sort of the social pressures that most kids feel now in society because you were you gave them a voice around their sexuality, around their rights and privileges and what's okay and what's not okay. And so, I mean, it was just so inspiring to read that in the book and like you actually walk your talk or whatever you walk the mm -hmm. I don't know how you say that but you really do and I love it and the book is so so good so tell us about your book yeah so this book is shameless parenting everything you need to raise shame-free confident kids and heal your shame too it really was never I didn't even intend to write a book it was a complete and utter accident so <laughs> a few years ago um I got this idea that I wanted to create cheat sheets for physicians, teachers, clergy, psychotherapists, anybody that really were with parents a lot. Mm -hmm. and, um, and what these cheat sheets were going to be was on one side, they were going to have the typical behavioral tasks and emotional tasks of any given age. So it'd be zero to two, two to four. So it's single page for mm -hmm. each of these, zero to two, two to four, four to six six to eight, all the way up to 18. Mm -hmm. So it'd be one page for each of those ages. What are the typical behavioral tasks, emotional tasks of that age? What are the sexual curiosities of that age? And then on the back side would be, what are the typical shame triggers that parents feel when their kids are doing those things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then what, what do you do with that? How do I self-soothe that shame if I feel it? Mm -hmm. And how do I heal that shame if I feel it? And then what are the best resources for me to have for myself, books, websites for myself and for my kid mm -hmm. if, in that age? Mm -hmm. And if I could put all that on front back of an mm -hmm. eight and a half by 11, that would be the cheat sheet for that age, mm -hmm. the next age, the next age. And I could give those for docs to use at well child visits, mm -hmm. for teachers to use at conferences, for therapists to use when they were meeting with families, whatever, because therapists and doctors and, and teachers and clergy, youth group leaders, whatever, they don't get that education, mm -hmm. right? And yet parents are always telling me, I don't want to do to my kid what was done to me. Right. I hear that millions of times all the time. Mm -hmm. And I get calls from people all the time. Like, I don't know what to do. This just happened. My kid was found playing doctor. Mm -hmm. My, um, my, my daughter's having sex and I don't know what to do. You know mm -hmm. I mean? I get these calls all the time, all the time, all the time. And people just get stuck mm -hmm. in their shame. Their shame silences them. Mm -hmm. They feel really reactive, but they don't want to do what their parent did to them. Mm -hmm. So right. I thought if I can just help these professionals. So after I did all these cheat sheets, I was handing them around to some diversity, equity, inclusion, and some queer colleagues of mine, just to have them critique them for me mm -hmm. to tell me, you know, where were my blind spots? Uh -huh. Right. And one of my DEI colleagues was giving me feedback and she said, 
you know, Tina, this should also all be in one book mm-hmm. for parents mm-hmm. because I think it would just be so handy. It would just have everything they need right there at their fingertips. And I was like, well, it's not like it's filled with stories. I mean, it's not like just one right. story after another. And she goes, you know, but I actually think it would just be so practical. Mm-hmm. It would just be so helpful because you could turn to the age that your child is about to be mm-hmm. and it would just be all right there. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me think about that. And so I went looking for a book template that I could put it in that would make it super user-friendly and kind of like pictures and right. that kind of thing. And I found a template on Canva that allowed me to put it together with some cool pictures. Uh-huh. And, so, and then I wrote an opening chapter and a concluding chapter and I put pictures. And I've got pictures of my grandkids in there. I mean, I just got oh. all kinds. And I have some friends that have like a disabled child that then their family is so cute. And I'm like, can I use pictures from your family? And so I just filled it up with pictures and I loved the way that it looked and the way that it read mm-hmm. after I was done. And I really felt like, like, the divine gave it to me. Oh, yeah. I love that. After it was all put together because I thought if I had this, if other parents had this, it would be the thing that people had been asking me for mm-hmm. for so long. And it was right. It was there. I literally put it together in three weeks. So mm-hmm. we still are going to have the cheat sheets for doctors to download and they can get a license so they can use it any way they want to mm-hmm. or parent, I mean, our teachers or clergy or whatever. We're going to still have all that on the website, mm-hmm. but now there's a book too. And yeah, so it, it just, it, I just, it just happened. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, it was a culmination of work that you've already been doing for years and years and years. years. Right. And like yeah. to go back for a minute. So you guys, Tina was also one of my professors in grad school and you know, not just cause you're on the show, you are my favorite professor. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> For real. And, you know, this isn't your first book, right? I mean, you have tons. I don't know how many journal articles you have, but you have tons of journal journal articles out there. And then your other book, which we share with our listeners too, Sex, God, and the Conservative Church, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Right. Undoing this whole sexual shame narrative Mm -hmm. of purity culture and all that. And I didn't know that you were a, um, like an elementary school teacher? Well, I start, yeah. So I started out, my first degree is in education. And I started out a junior high and high school teacher. Oh, junior high. And it high was high. while I was doing that. Yeah. And I was teaching sexuality, was wow. one of the things I was teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hanging out with kids mm-hmm. and realizing what was going on at home and realizing how that interrupted their ability to learn. Mm. That took me to getting my degree in family therapy. Mm. It was like, I need to be able to interrupt what's happening in the family Mm. so that kids can be free to learn and be who they're meant to be. Mm. That took me to school. Wow. Wow. I love that. Yeah. When I didn't know that. So when I read it in the book, I was like, that's so amazing. And it makes perfect sense. And one of my favorite elements about the book is that of course the cheat sheet element of it is so amazing. Cause I, you know, I start the audio book and I'm like, okay, I really want to know about my 12 and 13 year olds, but I am not going to skip to that chapter. All that's the only thing I want to do. But what I loved is like you said, you have resources like actual websites. She lists them out there. They're on the page. But one of my favorite, favorite parts is that on the part that's like a shame trigger, the backside of the page, it talks about, so it's just so well done. Cause you're like most, uh, the triggers that might pop up for you are like, you don't realize that your 14 year old is probably masturbating. And then you say, 
how are you going to feel when you discover? And it's like, oh, that's so awesome. It's mm-hmm. not just like, your 14-year-old might masturbate. You're like, no, how is that going to make you feel? Right. Think about that for a minute. And then, um, you, then you say, how did it feel when you were 14? And it is just like, it's like its own therapy. And it's so... Yes beautifully can like it's concise it's condensed it's clear you can find the ages and stages but again i just love how it brings it right back to around it gives you like this almost like a vision for how am i going to handle this situation and how did it how did it impact me when i was a kid so you just did such a good job and there's so much more i want to say but seth tapped my leg which is the sign he wants to say something (laughs) what did you want to say that's our lingo so the 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 subtitle of the book, Everything You Need to Know to Raise Shame-Free, Confident Kids and Heal Your Shame Too. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe camp out because we want to add value not only to kids, of course, but to the parents raising the kids right. and to heal your shame too. And oftentimes, that's where it comes, right? Because we say with coaching clients all the time, okay, your stuff that you haven't resolved yet, right. you're, you're just, there's no way that you're not going to bring that into mm-hmm. your relationship and how you show up as a husband or, or wife or partner or mom or dad. That's always going to be there, right? And one of my favorite quotes I recently heard some, uh, it's um, uh, conflict or, or distress um, not addressed is conflict or distress multiplied later, right? right? Yeah, so I, like I have to figure it out here. So could you talk about how important it is for moms and dads everywhere to, uh, I don't know, increase their knowledge or, or vocabulary around like, okay, let's deal with your stuff first. So you can be the best you can be for your own kids. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the things I loved. Brian McLaren looked at the book. He was one of the first people to look at the book, you know, and, and Brian said, he said, he just immediately thought that the book was going to be focusing on shame in kids. And one of the things that blew his mind was that I focused on shame in parents to get at helping them so that they could help their, their kids because shame in parents is what evokes mm-hmm. or creates the shame mm-hmm. in in kids. Mm-hmm. We don't mean to sh- we don't ever mean to shame our children, but it it's a trickle down that happens. Mm-hmm. And so we have to first deal with our shame if we don't want to shame our children, but we don't often know that our shame is there until the reactivity Mm -hmm. occurs inside of us. So it's why you want to walk yourself through the book and ask yourself, what happened for me Mm -hmm. at these ages? How was I treated at these ages? Mm -hmm. Did I know that these things were normal? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be like, well, I don't think we're going to need to talk about sex until the kids are like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, yeah. When does your child find their genitals? Right. (laughs) Day one. A year old. (laughs) Right. A year old, you know? And then as soon as they're out of diapers, that's their new best friend. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, their clitoris or their penis. It's like, yeah, look at this. And they want to tell you about it <laughs> because they're so excited, you know? Yeah. And we we forget that really fast, but most parents are like so uncomfortable about that, mm-hmm. right? And that's their shame, mm-hmm. right? So we as parents have to start dealing with that because. This is our kids trying to show us 
that this is a wonderful thing. This mm-hmm. is a wonderful part of their body. Just like picking their nose is a wonderful thing, right? Right. <laughs> yes, we have to teach them certain things about this, but it's not bad. Right. It's not bad. It just is. Right. right? I... So if there are cultural norms that we have to teach them, we have to teach them those. Mm-hmm. But we, it's not about shaming them. Right. You know, by the time they're four, yes, we have to say that we do this in a private part of our house. Mm-hmm. Here's your room. That's where you go. Mommy and daddy go to their room. You can go to your room. You know, we just are teaching them things, but doesn't need to involve shame. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I... they are doing what they do. Right. Yeah. I love it because it makes me think of just, I think it was last night. We were watching Lost. We're we're re-watching Lost. We never saw the whole... No, not re-watching. We're watching it for the first time. Yeah, we're watching it like in completion. And our kids are watching it with us. And it's so funny because there's a character, Saeed. He's very handsome. And there's a scene where he kisses the woman he's been trying to find for all these years. He finally meets her and kisses her. And our daughter, Hattie, goes, that should be me. (laughs) And I'm like... And for a second, I thought... What? And I went, you mean kissing Saeed? And she goes, yes, that should be me. And I'm like, oh, why? And she goes, well, he can cook. He's handsome. He's brave. And it was like, had I not met you, I would (laughs) never have known how to respond to that moment. Because in the chapter for her age range, you're like, this is the time when kids are sort of behaving in this way. And it's like they're kind of mixing romantic love with discovering what these things are. And I'm like, this is exactly what she should be thinking and Mm -hmm. saying. And I was so thankful that I had read your book that I know you. um, Because in that moment, I just celebrated with Hattie. I'm like, I love that you love the energy of Saeed because he's a good guy. He's mm-hmm. He can cook and he's handsome. Like, <laughs> go for it, right? And so it was so sweet and so I helpful. you're making that list. I know. you got good things on your list. I know. Yeah. The, and one of the things that made me proud was, oh, wait a minute, because... Um, mom, well, mom, Melanie has, <laughs> has talked about it like, ooh, Saeed, you know, and she's like, hey, he knows what to do. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's whatever he is on the show. Right. If you've seen the show, you know what we're talking about. And Melanie said, hey, I like those characteristics in you, Seth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Hattie has heard that over and over and over. Right. So I literally kind of puffed up and was like, oh, yeah, okay. Right. I do those things. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it made yeah. me... It made me proud that, oh, okay, we're setting a standard to some yeah. degree that's, yeah. of course, not shameful, right. but okay, I want our children to hook up with people who are, are, are like what we're modeling, and hopefully mm-hmm. we're modeling mostly healthy, good, healthy balanced things, things yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. See, that's that cool. brilliant, and that's beautiful, and you guys turned that whole thing into a teaching moment, mm-hmm. and it is around romance, and this is all how, we, this is the 101-minute conversations, yes. right there. Mm-hmm. Totally age appropriate. Boom. That's mm-hmm. just a brilliant thing. Right. And another thing that you it. said in a different, we were talking another time and you mentioned um, like sort of ages and stages and that your children will present these things to you when they're ready. Yes. And so that was like, in a way that was her saying, I'm thinking about romance, but, and this is how I'm talking to you about it. And had I shut that down, she may never have mm. talked to me about it again. And so right. it was that sort of having that awareness and being receptive to saying, oh, wait, she's bringing something up. That means yeah. it's on her mind and it That's maybe right. she's feeling this in her body. So I'm going to attune to that, you know? Yes. And it's so, um, 
it's just so helpful because I think had we not had we not met you and interviewed you for season one, I would have never bought the body books and done any of this work. And I would not have talked to our kids about sex because I didn't grow up being talked to about sex. Mm-hmm. So we go to what we know. I would have just been like, ah, figure it out for yourselves, yeah. kids. Or you probably just would have been <laughs> silent, which right. would have, you know, it's like kids and even us adults do this when we're maybe in new situations. Uh-huh. I mean... I mean, we're kind of older now, so we're like, hey, I'm going to say what I'd say, so right. we don't care, right, <laughs> to some degree. But we kind of test the waters, like, oh, okay, um, hey, do you like football? Right. Uh, and, you know, and then we, we try to interpret what the person's response is to go, okay, so this is a person I can talk to that about, or uh-huh. just, oh, not. So, mm-hmm. yeah, had we just said, you know, nothing to Hattie, right, it's right. kind of like she's fishing, you know, yeah, and our boys, yeah. and That's especially right. at this age, mm-hmm. they're just like, Casting their minds everywhere. Our boys are 12 and 13, which is just like crazy town, but it's great. And it's it's so, and looking at it through the lens of the book is immensely helpful. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, these things are obviously normal, you know? Yes. Yeah. And like, how many kids can say, I wish that were me, Mm -hmm. throw out that fish, Mm -hmm. and their parents would shut down, shut it down because, oh, you're being too sexual or you're talking about, you're you're not old enough to think about kissing. or turn away right. or whatever. But instead you walked in with curiosity, mm-hmm. which says we can talk about this mm-hmm. and, and you're right on, tra- you're, that's in your job description. You're right, right on time. Yeah. You know, I lo- <laughs> and I love that you're looking at these qualities in somebody, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you just, you gave her so much praise, mm-hmm. you know, and, and affirmation about the whole of how she was thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Looking just on the kissing, it was the yep. whole of what mm-hmm. she was thinking, mm-hmm. which is just brilliant. You right. know, it was just a great teaching moment. One yeah. of his, one of her favorite things, which is so funny, is she will push us towards each other and say, will you kiss? And we just like kiss. And she goes, oh, like she <laughs> loves it. Like loves it, loves it. And it yeah. is the cutest thing ever. And we're like, well, I mean, we'll just, this is the best modeling we could give her. Like right. oh, it is. A, a loving, you know, this relationship where we're working together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just awesome. And I, I'm yeah. just so well, thankful. It goes back to the idea, you know, more is caught than taught. Oh yeah. And then yeah, of yeah. course, what you say, and we say this all the time, you know, a hundred one minute conversations. Right. You no, know, it's not right. the talk. Okay, let's go no. sit on the bed, son, and let's talk about this. Right. No, it's like, okay, we're riding the well, I don't ride the school bus, but like right. on the walk down <laughs> the driveway to the school bus, hey buddy, what's going on? Right. Kind of thing. It's those yeah. really, really small conversations. Now, going back to that example that we use with our daughter, where could that get a little sideways kind of thing? Like what may be so, you know, we're talking about, oh, okay, that's great modeling. So what could be something of, oh, wait a minute. Okay, this is maybe not age appropriate or uh, look out for this kind of thing, if, if that makes sense. Like if, if Hattie had a friend or something like that who was like, oh, yeah, tall, dark, and handsome, and then she's just thinking about that all the time kind of thing, where, what would be a good, healthy way to bring that back? It's not happening, but I'm just thinking for parents out there. You know, I don't I, – I actually don't tend to worry about things getting out of whack. Mm-hmm. If you are just paying attention to your kid, really, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people ascribe a lot of power to things, to mm-hmm. media, to pornography, to whatever. And I don't see those things as having independent power, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like they are an evil that is going to grab you and pull you in. Mm-hmm. When kids are happy, they're seen, 
known, people actually seek to know them, they're loved, and they are accepted for who they are. In other words, people are the orca. People are curious mm-hmm. to know them. Mm-hmm. They are happy. And, and they actually don't want to disappoint you. Mm. And so they're not seeking to get lost somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like lost in alcohol, lost in drugs, or right, lost in whatever. Right, right. And that's yeah. not to say that they won't make a mistake here and there or whatever, but they won't get lost mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're just paying attention to them and you're asking lots of questions and you're, you know, like, you know, what's happening at school that makes sense to you, that doesn't make sense to you? Do you find people? I mean, I remember, I'll tell you a story. I remember one time uh, picking my son up from, you know, playing out down near, we live near Green Lake, playing by Green Lake. And um, I could smell that there, but he'd been smoking pot or somebody near him had been. And so we were talking about it. And I said, and he was talking about a friend of his. And, and I said, at what point would you begin to really worry about this friend that he was using, using pot too much mm-hmm. when it, and, and he said, He said, hmm, he said, I think at the point where he would be like not wanting to skateboard anymore, like when it would be interrupting the thing that I know he loves, like Mm -hmm. we all love to skateboard together, like Mm -hmm. that's what we love to do. Mm -hmm. And if he stopped wanting to do the things that I know we all love, then I think it it would be like becoming too much. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, And what do you think you might want to do about that if you started to worry about him? So like I started walking into the questions, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think when you're paying attention to your children, you're paying attention to their lives and who they're connected to and what's important to them, Mm -hmm. what their passions are. And then what are the outside influences that might be pulling at them and then asking them what they're going to do if those things... I just don't think you lose them to things mm-hmm. much, you know? Yeah. Right. So I love that. Yeah. I didn't, I just, I just didn't think that like, I don't think money's an evil all on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't think porn's an evil all on its own. Like it's going to grab your children. Right. I do think when kids feel lost or people feel lost, they go looking for things, mm-hmm. but they feel lost because they don't feel like people have their back mm-hmm. often and they mm-hmm. don't feel loved and they don't feel like they belong, mm. you know, but I, I really like that on several different levels. Number one, it's reassuring and it's a really great reminder of the importance of, okay, what kind of quality time are you spending with your kid? Are you actually paying attention mm-hmm. or are you right. at the office all the time? Are you, you know, arguing with your partner all the time or any, a whole host of things like, Hey, pay attention just mm-hmm. like you would to anything yeah your car, your business, your body. And if we're doing that, you know, making sure the key, the kids are seen, heard and listened to, Mm -hmm. then that's, that's amazing. That's this. It's really simple. Actually. It's like, okay, no, just make sure you're doing this. And generally things will go good. Right. Right. There's a book that, um, Claudia Graff grounds and Mm -hmm. myself and a couple other people wrote, um, called cultural humility and something like that working in a diverse world. And it's an academic book, but in the book, we, we actually write about Orca, the openness, mm-hmm. respect, curiosity, and accountability to power. Mm-hmm. And one of the chapters I write it is 
trying, trying to have an orca household, trying to raise my children inside that paradigm. And so I interview, it's a straight interview. That's all it is, is an interview, a word by word interview, interviewing my kids. And um, so it's a transcript. And uh, in one of the places, my, my son said, you know, you never yelled, you, you never yelled. And he said, and I can remember times where I knew I was in trouble. Like I walked in the back door way, way late at night and you're, you were sitting there. And he goes, there were lots of times I wished you would have yelled. And I laughed and I said, really? Tell me about that. And he said, it just would have been so much easier. And I said, what do you mean by so much easier? I just don't, I, I, and I'm not saying I didn't yell like pat my back. I just <laughs> don't like yelling. I grew up in a really crazy household and mm-hmm. it's just not my style. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and he said, and he sighed, you know, and he's like, I don't know. You just always made me think and you always made me accountable for why I did what I did. Mm. And, and, and he said, you know, really, it was just always better that you made me own why made me accountable to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the time it was hard Mm -hmm. because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't authoritative. I didn't take responsibility for his behavior. I made him take responsibility for his behavior. Mm. I didn't jump. I was like, dude, what up? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so I want to speak to that a little bit. Not everybody can do that, right? In, you know, family systems, we talk about differentiation and all this stuff. You got to have your stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> to to be able to parent right. in that way and especially co-parent in that way. Yeah. You can't be a hot mess over here right. and no. have it all together, right? right. So yeah. that goes back to the responsibility. If you want to have happy, healthy, you know, fairly normalized, self-actualized kids, you have to do that yourself and be That'd doing be the work. Wouldn't wouldn't it have been easier to be in bed two hours before he even got home? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to bed. This, you know. Yeah, the goofballs, you know, staying out. uh, No, I'm going to bed. Forget it. Uh, But no, you chose not to do that, Mm -hmm. and that is the. Well, obviously, it's it's worth it. Right, right. I love that, and I think that model of in the and I say this with our kids, our teen boys, anyway. Like, your the real world works that way. You are held accountable by Mm -hmm. employers. By police officers, by friends. Like you can't stay. I mean, I think that this kind of is going to slightly different area, but like when we think that we can stay at an adult or sorry, at a, at like a teenage level of, um, ownership of responsibility or communication skills or even sex education, if we stay 17 in our minds, but we are 47 in our bodies, there becomes this big dissonance. And I think that's one of the things I love so much about your book is that it, helps bridge that gap. It helps starting like rising up the sort of educational element for people who, right. who are parents that have kids. They're parenting their own children with the mindset of a 17 year old. Not that 17 year olds are bad. I don't want anybody hearing <laughs> no, no, no. it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. But I just think that's so important. Um, that right. ownership piece. Yeah. It's, it's like you're, you're wanting to raise them up, mm-hmm. you know, right. a little bit at a time, keep them on that edge of, like I think of parenting as 
doing for them what they cannot do for themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But not doing for them, right? What they right. can do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that is changing every week. Mm-hmm. But when we do for them what they can do for themselves, we inadvertently communicate to them that we don't believe in them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what helicopter parenting is so often is that parents want their kids to succeed so much Mm -hmm. that they keep doing for them what they can do for themselves. It's just going to cause them a lot of suffering, Mm -hmm. but you need to say, dude, I think you can do this, right? I'm here, fall down. I'll help you pick yourself up, but I think you can do Yes. You couldn't do this last week, but I think you can do this. Right. Yeah. I need to find your resilience inside of you. Yeah. Cause you actually have, can I just say something? So, This, this idea um, of, of what you're talking about, uh, there's a couple of quotes and some thinking around one of my, uh, a really powerful book that I read, and it's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, right? Yeah, and it has I, a yeah. really, yeah, you know that book, right? And it has a really heavy Christian bent to it, which is fine, but the, the stuff that I got out of it, and it's written towards, uh, towards fair, uh, men, right, um, of what they did or didn't get from their dads, and one of the main things is uh, we need... A, an authority figure, a parent, ideally, to say, to, to look at a kid and go, hey, I know that you have what it takes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that is so, that's so, uh, well, it, it does a couple things. Oh, this 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 parent uh, thinks that I can do it, mm-hmm. so let me borrow their confidence and find that in myself, that's and right. then when I actually do it, it's like, ah, oh, I knew I could, right? And that the whole helicopter parenting thing is just, yeah, that makes so much mm-hmm. sense. So it's really a healthy testing of uh, of of your kids right. in a way. And encouraging. Well, and I have a story that lines up perfectly. It was so funny. Last week, we have COVID classroom weirdness. Like our kids, we have two middle schoolers and an elementary schooler. And so they have opposite schedules. It's really crazy to keep in line. And I was running from a client call to go pick up our daughter. And I ran through the house and I said to our 12 or our 13 year old, I said, Hey, Mariner said, Mariner, I'm going to be back in like 15 minutes. I look forward to lunch, which I don't, (laughs) you know, and he stood up and he went, what? And I went just anything. I mean, I'm, you got this. I'll be back in a few minutes. I can't wait to see what you make. I did not know how he would respond. And you were kind of joking. And I was, I was being silly, but I'm like, I'm just going to try. I actually needed lunch, right? I come back. It was the sweetest thing ever. He's pulling out of the oven. He took a bagel, cut it in half. He put pasta sauce and mozzarella cheese on it and broiled it for me. (laughs) And it was actually delicious. But he was so, I mean, I feel like that was like a divine moment because I would have never thought to do that in the past. He felt so good. Now he makes those basically every day, (laughs) which I love. I love it. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So it was like an example of, uh, and we're, you know, now into the phase two, which I love of our sons are mowing the lawn now. They're Mm -hmm. just old enough to ride a lawn, you know, it's a riding lawnmower and all of this stuff. And really you see them, they're attracted to it. They're drawn to wanting to, they have something they can conquer Mm -hmm. or be proud of or whatever. And something that I wish more parenting resources said is that, and this is sort of an example from my own childhood, 
I didn't, I could get away with not doing anything and mm. I could get whatever I wanted. I was the youngest of five kids. My parents had money. I could get things without paying for them. I, and I didn't have to work, right? Which is terrible. Mm -hmm. So the more I got... We met at your first job. I know. Right? When I was 17. That was my first job. You were 17? Yes. Oh. It was, it's whatever. It doesn't even matter. But anyway, <laughs> so I didn't have to work. I didn't have to do mm -hmm. all these things. And the, But the more I got my way, the less I cared about other people, the mm -hmm. less I appreciated things, the brattier I became, and the greedier I became. And so I took that when I started seeing that pattern in our children when they had too much electronic time when COVID first started and we were like, what is going on? And they just turned into like devils. They turned awful. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to, well, maybe it's this and that. And I'm like, I'm just taking stuff away from them and making them earn it. Like in a good way, mm -hmm. like in a, yeah. I, I earned this kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, it is, it changes how they show up. So I, I don't know. There's something in that, like making him make me lunch vibes that reminded me of that, that like when we give kids everything they want, when mm -hmm. I got everything I wanted, yeah. I was so unhappy. Yeah. It's yeah. like nothing mattered. Like yeah. it, which is really weird, but uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Or, I mean, you don't have to, but well, I think we see that all around culture right now. I mm -hmm. see, think we see it everywhere. I think right. when things are too easy, mm. people don't appreciate what it takes to have what we have, mm. you know? And I think it's part of why Americans have the reputation they do around the world mm -hmm. of right. being such ungrateful beasts, right? you know? <laughs> We deserve when, everything. When we were in the, I think it was yeah. the Paris airport. We were leaving Paris and going to like Ireland or something. Yeah. And uh, I remember, and we tried really hard to like blend in everywhere we went. We like bought clothes from the places we visited and we stayed super quiet. We didn't want to stand out. And I remember, do you remember this? In the airport, there was just like, well, there are the Americans. There was like a group of 10 American teenagers. And it was like, they're just these loud. They yeah. don't even care. They're all, and I'm like, Oh, they stand out so much. Like, so it's funny that you said that. Because <laughs> yes, we are loud beasts. That is that is funny. I, I'm just thinking about the. I think the the whole of this conversation really is, of course, is about uh, children. But it really starts with parental awareness. Like, mm -hmm. okay, what is my place in this? Where am I emotionally? You know, biopsychosocial, spiritual. What yes. are those things for me? Okay, are those healed, or am I? moving towards health and, and healing, you know, in a non-shaming, non-negative you know, negative way. And if I am, then okay, we can do this, right? So it's really yeah. just starts so much mm -hmm. with the parents right? And, right. and that growth mindset that just has to have, have right. be there. And one of the things I like to say to parents is you can change the legacy in one generation. Mm. Like if you commit yourself to like, you know, look at this book, really examine what happened for you, zero to two, two to four, read all those resources, the kid books mm -hmm. and the adult books I recommend, do the work, like mm -hmm. do the work for you, then do the work for your kids or whatever kids are in your life. Mm -hmm. Start practicing talking, actually mm -hmm. speaking the words in your adult relationships, find people to talk to. And then with kids, you can shift the whole, your own shame, heal your shame and get comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then it, it shifts it. And then the kids that you do this with won't have problems. Their, right. their default will shift right. and it'll change 
for all future generations. It's like, you'll become like a Northern European Dutch person, you know, it'll shift. Right. That's what is so amazing. It's incredible. Right. That's funny. Cause I, I think we've had this conversation maybe offline somewhere, but you know, so you're, you have, uh, you know, you're, is it your mom or your grandma is like just straight from Sweden and, you know, yeah, just like, okay, bodies, yeah. yeah, bodies, who cares, you know? So the first time we went to Europe, we went to, where was it? It was in Malaga, right? Oh yeah. And we Spain. went to the beach, you know, and you know, people are topless and I was like, okay, that's cool. But I, you were like, oh, kind of thing. And it goes back to, well, I wasn't thinking about them at all. All right. I was thinking about was me. I was going, really? Me top? No. Like, That's yeah, it was, oh, I didn't care about them. Because you know what I thought of, and I guess we're shifting to sex now, but that's fine. Uh, I thought that you are like, oh, what's he looking at or what's going on? No. Really? Uh, no. That is so I just felt embarrassed. Ah. I just was like, oh, I don't know. I just want to go in the hotel. <laughs> but I do want to say, I want to make a comment because mm-hmm. we recently bought a body book for um, teens and yeah. I bought it specifically for our sons and seth said i don't think we should wait and he put it on his nightstand ah, okay so ah. it is for their right. age range right it is almost no different than the body book for the littler kids which uh-huh. they've all read a thousand times they think it's the funniest book ever they look at it has like a dog wiener in it and a kid wiener <laughs> and a ovaries and they just think it's great uh and they've read that a million times mm-hmm. but when it came but i would like to talk about that because okay. I think it's because it involves sexual feelings. Mm-hmm. The other one was just like biology, eggs and oh, sperm yeah, or your whatever. Boy, you need to because your boys, it's they're being inundated. Right. right. They're, they're getting inundated everywhere. Right. So with that, you know, because we're like, okay, uh, look for the signals when the kids are ready. You know, if, the, if, the, you know, if, my, if one of our sons says, hey, dad, where does this go kind of thing? I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's talk about it. But they haven't. Yes, they, they haven't. Have. Really? They talk about it with their friends. Maybe you're not yeah, paying and they're attention. Hear, they are ah. hearing it. They're, right. they're the age that they are hearing it. Right. Yeah. It's, they, it's coming at them. And the thing is, is that, that it slides under. It's really easy to slide under your radar at this age. Right. Because they're sneaky. Right. Mm. Well, and I told you our one kid had a phone for like a day. Till I took it away. But uh, he had a phone and he was um, sending voice messages with his friends and they would say things to each other that right. were sexual in nature. Right. Right. So yeah. it's this is not new. But I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the fact that Seth wanted to hide that book from them? Well, it, you know, it's easy to feel like they're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to feel that. And I'm always the one that says, oh, they're ready. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so okay. It's just me. I'm just being me. But... Chances are they're very ready and chances are that it you'll find out that it will open the conversation and you want it open to you. Mm-hmm. And it's much better to slide in uh-huh. and have it open to you mm-hmm. than find out that it slid open to their friends. And so the first ones in gave them bad info. Right. And then you're trying to correct it. This is what happens. You're trying to correct the info and they're like, what do you know? I already got the real info. That's right. And you're like, oh no, that wasn't the real info. That's so funny. Well, what my- you saw on TikTok is not, right. let, me, let me help you out It's there. funny because my uh, one of my best friends is a pediatrician. And so she mm. actually, with her children, she sat them, the older ones down and she literally did like a whole sex ed series for her daughters and their friends. And she yeah. is like, I want my children to look at me as their sex education resource. 
They've yes. got a question. They come to me and she's like, I, I knew that that's what I've always wanted. It happened. And then I was shocked at what they came to me with mm. after because they come to her with everything that they go. Oh, I wonder about. Oh, I'll ask mom. Mm. And she's like, so she has a pulse on the culture of what is currently. Plus, she's a pediatrician. Right. But it, it was really um, encouraging. And to hear it framed like that, like we need to be the safe, healthy sexual oh, resource yeah. for our children because they are going to get it from somebody else. And trust oh, me, they've already gotten it from because they're in middle right. school. Like they go physically to school. They ride yeah. on a school bus. So and believe right. me, a bunch of their friends have phones. A bunch of their friends right. are showing them stuff. Right, 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 right. And so and so when you do when you do get this out or whatever, it could be like, so so what have you guys already seen? Mm-hmm. So, so what are your friends pulling out at, at home at school right, or right what are you hearing about yeah you know or how is this different from what you're hearing about from your friends mm-hmm. you know and just don't be just be about whatever they say right poker face like poker face yeah really and, and yeah. curious and open right mm-hmm. not surprised mm-hmm. right yeah what else yeah you, what what <laughs> right <laughs> don't do that don't do that <laughs> i love that yeah that that's well, great i think this has been an awesome conversation uh, you guys have to check out the book. Uh, I I haven't read it yet. I flipped through it like on the. Um, You'll uh, read it when she sends it to yeah, us. Yeah, I definitely yeah. will. And it's yeah. just an amazing resource. From what I hear, I'm right. like, oh, we need more of that quick stuff like right. that. That is super educational. That's super practical too, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. easy and not in like you know crazy like psycho you know education terms, mm-hmm. but like hey, this and this and this. It's so practical. Look for this, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of okay. the other things we're going to do, well, I, you guys probably know this because you're on Instagram, but, you know, Instagram shadow bans anybody that does a lot of stuff around sexuality and oh. sex education and stuff like that. And so, you know, like I had to, my handle was, um, doc, was Dr. Tina Shameless Sex. Yeah. And now it's Dr. Tina Shameless because mm. we were getting like shadow banned and stuff. Uh-huh. So one of the things we decided to do is on my website, we're going to do a parent community so that we can constantly answer questions yes. and we're going to make them in the different sections, zero to two, two to four, four to six. So we can keep content in there. So when people have questions mm-hmm. like my little one's doing this or my teenager's doing this or da-da, we can keep content growing Mm-hmm. And then so once good. a month, I'm going to do an open Q&A for people where they can bring their questions. And I'm just going to make it a place where we can compile, where we don't have to worry about right. things being shadow banned. We can talk about a kid being trans, or we can right. talk about hormones, or we can talk about whatever. And I'm really excited about that so that people know that this is a place you can talk about sexuality and not mm-hmm. have to worry. Right. Yeah. So what is the name of that website that that's going to be? Well, on? So that's the Tina mm-hmm. And then under resources, there'll be shameless sex mm-hmm. and the shameless sex community. Period. That's awesome. amazing. That is so amazing. That reminds me of baby center. When I was pregnant, I would look at baby center all the time because oh, yeah. it has, it's all like by the weeks, by the ages, by the months and years. And it's such a, a helpful resource. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. I wanted to ask you really quickly, are you doing any NWIOI stuff, Northwest Institute of Intimacy, like retreats or anything again? Uh, so the retreats will start up again this year now mm-hmm. that we're getting closer to things being over. Um, Sean's going to run a Colorado one in October. Mm-hmm. And then I think Deb's going to run a Seattle one in February. We don't have yeah. a date uh, yet set, but mm-hmm. we already have lists growing <sighs> of people who have been writing us saying, please put me on a list. Please put me on a list. So I think those are going to start up again uh, in late 21, early 22. 
Yeah. That's so awesome. Weird. Like, and then our courses, we've got a SAR, which is the sexual attitude reassessment course, which is the course that helps you deal with all your sexual biases as a clinician, as a mm-hmm. teacher, therapist, physician, which I think is the most important class anyone can take mm-hmm. because you don't want to have your biases impacting how you sit with somebody yes. who has already experienced so much oppression and discrimination right. in their life. And yeah. it's such a fabulous class. So mm-hmm. all we only do it once a year and it's the third week of June. So it's coming up here pretty soon. So that's on the NWIOI site under classes. Mm-hmm. And then we have our big clinical sexology course in November. And if you take the SAR, you get 15% off the November course because oh, we cool. love it when people right. do one and then the other because mm-hmm. they get so much more out of the other course. Right. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we've got those coming up. That's awesome. amazing. I keep really, I really, so let me just float this by you. Just think about it, Tina. Think about it. What if we like went to Mexico and then did an NWIOI retreat there? Sound we good? We could do that. She I said it. Game. She said we could do it. That's what I, I want to do. I literally am like, how can I make this happen? The, you, that you retreat was. Get, you can help get six couples, just a minimum of six. I'll, we'll do it. All oh, right. You heard that it would here, be awesome. Folks. In fact, I was looking on like things for Tulum today because we're having a conference. Oh, hello. By the way. Oh, yeah. You guys. <laughs> I, <almost forgot. laughs> I know. Uh, so you guys, uh, you're going to get more information, but we want to put out a little teaser here. So August 6th, which is a Friday, we are doing another Anatomy of Marriage conference. So tickets will be up and Tina is going to grace her with her wonderful grace us with her wonderful presence yes. and talk about sex and shame and all kinds and of stuff. And it's here in Washington. It's, it's here in, in Washington. It's in Maple Valley. Right. Our hometown. <laughs> it's in Maple Valley. It is going to be the best. Yeah, and so Tina will be there. Tina will be there. We'll talk more about that. Her but yeah, I was looking on uh, Tulum and like we want to do a destination retreat 2022. Right. And man, we could blow this thing yeah, up. Yeah, I really. That would be so fun. I'd be so game. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, now now before we wrap it up, I know we've got it. We need to respect your time. Uh, You have told us where everybody can find you, but we want to ask you one last thing. What right now is bringing you like all the jazz? It's making you feel amazing. Is there anything that you're just loving right now? Right this moment, I'm super excited about this book launch. I'm super excited. My fantasy is that every parent and just people that want to get rid of their shame will get this book in their hand and it'll just, just make them feel like it's washing away and they'll have so much more fun with the kids in their lives. I, so I'm really excited about that. And then I'm just excited about spending more time with my family. It's summer. It's getting to be summer in the Northwest and mm-hmm. I want more time with my kids and my grandkids now that COVID's getting behind us right. and do so much more hugging. Right. Kissing, right. And barbecuing and hugging and kissing and right. playing and rolling around. And I'm just, my body has missed that. So right. it's funny. I'm I didn't all about it. Yeah. I didn't realize I was a hugger because I don't, my family doesn't hug. So I don't hug my family, but when COVID hit, I'm like, Whoa, I'm actually a hugger with friends. Cause yeah. I'm like, I can't hug it. I right. can't hug anyone. And it was the weirdest. <laughs> it was like totally eye opening. But I'm right there with you. And the Pacific Northwest summers are the best. So best. They so are. beautiful here. They are the so best. Yeah. We love you and adore you to bits and pieces. Well, 
You know it's mutual. You know it's mutual. So, I love you guys too. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. We'll probably most likely have you on again for sure. Oh, yeah. And then we'll be hanging in Mexico at the Intimate Street Street once we get six couples. So. 2022, love it. right? No, Babies 20, all 2021. Around. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much and have okay. a wonderful day. All right. Thanks. Bye, Bye. Bye guys. See you. Thank you.